Welcome to the Free Flow Football Podcast. On today's episode, Sash, also known as LT Arsenal on Twitter, which many of you might follow, joins me on the show to discuss Arsenal's transfer window and their upcoming season, along with discussing how his Twitter account has grown so astronomically over the last couple of years. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Free Flow Football Podcast. I am Mahith Gamaj. It's been a while since our last episode, but we've got a really good one for you today. We're going to be sort of going through Arsenal's transfer window, um, their transfer rumors and stuff like that, and previewing their season a little bit as well for the 2019-20 Premier League season. And I'm joined by Sash, who uh, runs LT Arsenal on Twitter. I'm sure many of you guys follow that account and see a lot of tweets from Sash. Sash, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Mahit. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Hi to the view. Hi to the listeners as well. Um, it's an honor to come on this podcast, and I've listened to this podcast a bit before, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm trying to get you know more guests on the show just because you know I I don't like to, um, you know, be too boring with it. You know, you got to get guests here and there, and you know, have different opinions on different teams and stuff like that. So I thought you were the perfect guy to come on to talk about Arsenal because I mean. Um, we followed each other for a while now. I think over, you know, it's probably been around two years now that we followed each other, and we've had some great conversations about Arsenal. And um, you know, for me to 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 follow you for a long time, I've seen your account grow from like five thousand followers to almost fifty thousand now. And I mean, I'm sure it's surreal for you. I mean, can you explain like what that's like for so many people to be seeing your opinions? Yeah, I actually find it quite strange that so many people start started following me because when I first started off this account, like I found it very hard to get to a thousand followers itself, and I used to put out a lot of opinions, and the visibility used to be really, really low. But then, as months passed by, I gradually started getting more and more reach, and it went to the point where. I was like, hold on, wait a minute. So many people are following me, and, and like, say, five hundred people are following me in one week, and I was like, absolutely zapped because mm-hmm. I never promoted my account at all. It was all just, it was just a lot of tweets basically, and um, I'm really happy that so many people follow me, and I'd like to thank them all for following me as well because I don't even live in the UK, and for my opinion to be heard across the globe, it really means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's. It also comes with a little bit of pressure, though, as well, because, I, I mean, like, with so many people seeing your opinions, I mean, you're sure to get some people that disagree with you, you know, quite often as well, though. Yeah, I do, and I'm all up for that, because for me, at the end of the day, it's about having constructive debate. Now, you know, Twitter, there are a lot of trolls as well who might abuse you, and those are the sort of people you want to block or ignore them, but... On the other hand, there's a lot of people who disagree and maybe you learn a lot from them as well. Maybe you gain a different perspective. That's what it's about. Football is a game of perspectives. You want to listen to what different people have to say and maybe you, your view of the game can evolve over time as a result of all of this. So that is something I've really enjoyed being on Twitter. And regarding the pressure for uh, what I tweet, I never tweet anything just, just so that people would agree with it. Whatever I tweet is what I believe in. For example, the other day, I was for selling Lacazette on Twitter and buying a winger. And Lacazette mm-hmm. is probably one of the most popular Arsenal players. And 
I mean, that tweet got me into some trouble with certain <laughs> sections of the fan base. And yeah. I think you know who those people are. Yeah. But it's all part of the game. Man. It's all part of the game. But uh, you just got to take it on the chin and move on. Yeah, you know, I we've all been through through stuff like that, you know, where you say an opinion and most of the replies are negative. But, you know, I think people just forget about it. And, you know, I think it's important, um, you know, when, when you're tweeting out opinions like that, I think it's important to, you know, be able to understand that maybe you are wrong. And, uh, you know, be as like you said, like be open to other people's opinions and look at things from a different perspective. And then maybe if you change your mind, you can, you know, you you're not afraid to hold your hands up and say okay i was wrong about this you know i actually do agree with you i think it's you know a lot of people struggle to do that and it gets them you know deeper and deeper into into the waters and you know to a place where they can't come back and then it's just kind of it's just kind of embarrassing if you can't really just put your hands up and say that i was wrong you know yeah i completely agree like for example i i once said koshelny is finished and when he put in a couple of good displays in the Europa League, I felt maybe this guy still has something to give and I admitted I was wrong. So, I mean, I also, I have to say that there's nothing like a fact. Like, I wouldn't say anyone's opinion is the right opinion. It's their view of the game and everyone has a different view. When you look at the coaches as well, for example, Simeone has a very defensive style of playing. When you look mm. at Klopp, it's more, it's more high press, high intensity. Like, they have two different views and probably opinions of the game. Maybe a player who's compatible in Simeone's formation might not fit into clubs. So, it's just perspective at the end of the day and they're both successful. So, in, in that sense, uh, when you look at Arsenal fans, all of us want what's best for our club. We just have different ways of looking at it. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, speaking of what's best for our club, I mean, it's the transfer window right now and we have not been too active. We do have, we have made one signing in uh, Gabriel Martinelli, the Brazilian youngster, but, you know, that's not really a signing that's going to improve our first 11 right away. And we are also, you know, linked with uh, Saliba from Senetien and it looks like that one is about to be confirmed in, you know, the next week or so, but he's going to be loaned back, it seems like. So, this isn't looking like a signing that's going to improve us for this season either so now you think well you know the season kicks off in exactly a month and we've lost Ramsey and we haven't really made improvements to our first 11 I mean are we weaker now than we were last year with a month left to go until the season starts I would say yes at the moment our squad is definitely weaker especially when you have a player of Ramsey's caliber out of our first 11 it becomes very hard like for the squad to hit hit the levels we hit between say Feb and April of last season Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a huge challenge for us especially for Emery to try to fit 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 a formation with the players we have like he tried so many different formations last season and I'm pretty sure he wants to revert back to a 4-2-3-1 the question is does he have the players for it and I think we don't really have the players for it do we have two high quality fullbacks who are capable of uh really tracking back as well as crossing uh, like the way Unai wants his fullbacks to create. I don't think so. I think Kolasinac, for example, is good in the offensive side of the game. But when it comes to tracking back, he's really suspect. And Hector Bellerin is going to be injured for a while. I know some people said he could be back at the start of September, but I'm not really sure how clear that news is. AMC is still young and he's learning. He's not the finished product yet. So I think it's going to be a bit tricky for us, for example, to fit those two fullbacks in. And then coming to the white players, because Emery, as you know, loves creating from out wide. And when you look at our white players, it's more of number 10 playing that, like Mkhitaryan, mm-hmm. Iwobi. It's just creative players playing out wide. And we don't really have the system to play the 4-2-3-1. One. 
So the question is, does the board want Unai to just adapt and salvage this season? Is Unai the guy who's going to take the hit for the club? I'm really not so sure as to exactly what is happening. But going by transfer rumours, it seems like uh, William Saliba will become an Arsenal player next season. Uh, the good news though about this deal is that it's not really going to uh, in, it's not really going to destroy our 45 million budget. It's going to be a small advance payment to Saint Etienne, and um, next season the uh, instalment uh, fee structure will start. So mm-hmm. that that is one that is one thing good. It's also good to see that the club is planning for the future. It's good to see that a lot of youth players are being promoted in the first team, and now really. Next month is the time for the club to really start looking into what can be done for next season. Because honestly speaking, we need a left back. We need a other centre back in addition to Saliba, someone who can come in and have an impact straight away. Mm-hmm. We need two high quality wide players, or at least one. If not two, at least one. Maybe the other position can be salvaged by someone like a Nivobi or a Reese Nelson or someone like that. Maybe mm-hmm. we need one high high quality wide player for sure, and mm-hmm. we need a Ramsey replacement. And I don't know how active we have been behind the scenes. The links to Kieran Tierney, for example, is pretty strong. And I can see that one happening, but I'm not really sure about the other areas. There's not too many concrete links coming out, and that is a bit worrying for me. Yeah. So the the one thing I noticed is that you know we've been linked with a few few wingers throughout the window. You know we were linked with Fraser and Carrasco at the start, and now it's you know moved towards Zaha, and that's kind of dying down a little bit. But you know those are we're being linked with wingers somewhat, and the left back is mainly Tierney. But the one issue I've had is that we're not really linked with many central midfielders, which I think is kind of a worry because Ramsey leaving leaves a huge hole in our midfield. And, you know, the three ones we have now, like the three clear-cut starting level players are Torreira, Guendouzi, and Xhaka, and none of them, you know, are, are quite, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but they're not really number eights. You know, they're not a Ramsey-type player. They're not, like, they're not a progressive passer or anything like that. They're not needle needle players. They're They're just... They're they're like they're they're players you would play at the base of midfield, right? They're not players that can make final third runs into the box or anything like that. And we don't really have anybody capable of that. I think a lot of people are looking towards Willock to maybe provide that, but I don't think, you know, he's ready to to step up to the plate where Ramsey was just yet. Yeah, I completely agree because like you said, Gwenduzi, Torreira and Shaka are all six are number sixes, so they all occupy a more deeper position for starters. And in a 4-2-3-1, what Unai expects from his number 10 is to be able to press with a lot of intensity, is to be able to pass a transition to the wide player. And once the move is complete, to actually be able to dart into the box and almost feel like a second striker. And Ramsey is perfect for that role. And uh, when you look at our three midfielders, like you say, they're all more of playmakers, like to sit deep and dictate the play from there. So we're definitely missing one player. And that's where I guess Mesut Ozil's form also goes for a toss because he's not that kind of player. Mm-hmm. He's more of a creative playmaker who's going to pop up all over the pitch. He's not going to like follow a particular sequence of play that his coach wants. So I guess in that sense, it is a worry. That position is definitely a worry. And if you're not able to sign a player in that position, maybe playing the 4-2-3-1 is going to be very hard in the way Unai Emery wants to play it. And a lot of people tell me that MV is a defensive manager, but when you really look at his 4-2-3-1, it is a super offensive system. There's two front foot centre-backs, there's two full-backs who are always high up the pitch. And there's a number 10 who fills in as a second striker. 
it's very dynamic the formation and only defensive part of, of of that formation are probably the two defensive midfielders Shaka and Torreira are pretty good passers themselves so i think his idea is good the question is do we have the players can joe willock step up i think it's going to be very unfair for us to expect him to come in and step up straight away but having said that i still want to see him be given chances because he's got chances under unai he's got chances under wenger he's really thrived under freddy jungberg as well last season so he's a player definitely keep an eye on um is he going to have his proper breakthrough season next season i think it might be a bit too early but having said that i don't want to write the kid off mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've got we've got quite a few young players that are coming through like you mentioned but like i you know you have to wonder how many of them will actually end up making it at the club because we have a, a wide array of them i mean there's saka amechi and reese nelson on the wings itself i mean that's a lot of players coming through and you know where is the room for all of them in the future even within the next 3 4 years i mean clubs all over europe aren't quite using their you know i'd say big clubs as in clubs on the level of arsenal and higher aren't using their youth systems as much as they used to you know a lot of clubs are now letting the smaller clubs do the work for them and then buying the young talent from those clubs so i do really wonder how you know how we can compete going forward if we continue bringing so many youth players into the team so i really don't know how many of them will make it but you know i'm not really going to you know expect a lot out of any of them especially guys like willock when they're still young and still coming into the first team you know i'm not going to you know put my expectations really really high even though reese nelson played well at hoffenheim you know that's still a different league a different level from arsenal and who knows if he'll be able to come into the first 11 this season itself So you know I think we do have to temper the expectations for those guys a little bit and realize that they're not going to become first 11 players right away and perhaps not even this season. So you know we we have to look towards the market I think. But of course with our budget and not having Champions League football it's really really difficult but I mean the fact that we're still linked with players like Kieran Tierney and Wilfred Zaha is a good sign because I think both of those guys could improve our first 11 and You know, I I mean I'm disappointed that we aren't linked with more players, but I do understand, you know, why we're not. Yeah, like like I said that, that we have a lot of youth players and not all of them are going to make it as well. When you look at someone like a Saka or an Amechi or a Nelson, all three are not going to obviously play at the same time for the club. So it's a question of of when each person has their breakthrough season. I also don't think all of them will be rushed in together. I think one or two could be loaned to some other club so mm-hmm. as uh, if you watched raul's interview he 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 spoke very keenly about promoting our youth players and uh, also the timing of when they are promoted so if you look at reese nelson for example i think the timing of his loan deal was very good and the club he was loaned to was perfect for him yeah. very good manager julian nagelsmann as well so i think that was perfect so I obviously we are not going to be able to incorporate every single one of our youth prospects but even if we don't we could be like Chelsea I'm not saying be as extreme as them but we could sell few of these youth players for good money like mm-hmm. Amici for example assuming he doesn't get the place to uh, play at our club he could always be sold off to a Bundesliga club and we'll get like at least 15 million for the player and mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good business if you look at it overall because we already have a winger in our first 11 and the profit of someone who is not needed so i think that's the default and helen is also at a golden generation right now so having said this i think 
what we're doing is good when when it comes to promoting our youth players. But uh, it, I think it's also very important for our fans to be patient. Uh, I think a lot of fans taking it on Iwobi, and I know he's played quite a bit, but he's still very young. Like when players are like 22, 23, or even 21 for that matter, or lesser if anyone gets the chance. Uh, it's up to us to be patient with those players. It's up to us to give them an atmosphere where they can thrive. And even if criticism is, is done, it should be very mild. It should be very, very constructive. And I don't want any over-the-top comments because Twitter, as you know, is a place where people lose it. Like in the heat of the moment, in the loss, they take out their anger on the wrong people. So I think it's very important we safeguard our youngsters as well, and we should act like Bundesliga clubs how supportive they are. To youth players who play there, like Reese Nelson, if he makes even hundred mistakes at Hoffenheim, the fans will continue backing him, and that's the sort of mentality we need at Arsenal when it comes to youth players. Yeah, I completely agree. And but going back to your point of of selling our youth players, I mean, the question is, are we going to sell them efficiently? You know, are we going to get the prices that that you know the players deserve? Because I mean, we haven't really done that in the last couple of years. And if you look at what Liverpool are doing with selling their players, I mean, there's a massive, massive gap between what they're how, or how they're selling their players and for how much and how we're selling our players. So I think that's certainly an area that we have to improve on if we are to sell some of those youth players because we can't be selling these guys off for four or five million because then what then you know what was the point of developing them that like so far you know and these guys are good players, but if we get to a situation where we're not selling them for as much as we should. Then we're just gonna be in even more trouble than we've been in the last couple of years. Yeah, I completely agree because when you look at a couple of years back, Ivan Gazidis took our club down in the twenty sixteen where we wasted ninety six million. I would say Shaka is still a pretty good signing, but mm-hmm. when you've spent fifty odd million for Mustafi and Lucas Perez, I think yeah. it's symbolic <laughs> business. Yeah, and people sometimes people remember Gazidis for this mainly for. Making horrible deals like this, but people forget the other side where he's failed to really get profits on the players he bought. Like selling Lucas Perez for four or five million after signing him for like what sixteen, seventeen million. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute sin because you're making such a huge loss on a player who's not even played for the club. And it's, he's not the only example. There are so many examples like Lucas Perez. Players who have gone for a lot more. Chesney, for example, he's now one of the best keepers in the world. Mm-hmm. And maybe even Serge Gnabry because. Those youngsters, they have such huge potential, and we should definitely bargain better to get better deals for some of these players. And an Amici kind of a player needs to go for fifteen to twenty million minimum. And I hope this changes now that we have Raul Sanlehi in charge of things, and Edu and people like that coming in. And I know last year we did pretty bad deal when it came to Jeffrey in Adelaide, selling him for like. Two or three million, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. which is at a loss of what we initially purchased him for when he was 17, which is quite embarrassing. But yeah. <laughs> I hope that I hope that trend reduces because it's still a new structure, and you got to allow these things to take a little bit more time. It's not as easy as telling a club, "Oh, pay pay me 15 million and he's yours," or something like that. But it's it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. So I want to give Raul Sanlehi a bit more time. To fix our club because it was left in an absolute mess by Ivan. Yeah, for sure. Now moving on to the upcoming Premier League season. I mean, we're only a month away, and like we mentioned, the team is a little bit weaker than we would have expected at this point. But there are there's still you know a few weeks left to to do some deals. Of course, the window closes early this year, but I mean, 
other teams are not particularly strong either. I mean, Chelsea have the transfer ban. They lost their best player, and they've got Frank Lampard, who isn't particularly um, experienced of a manager in charge. And United, kind of the same thing with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But, you know, I mean, we're still not as good maybe on paper as those two teams, but perhaps tactically we have the advantage. So what are your expectations for us this season? Because it's it's kind of difficult to tell where we are at this point. I mean, are we behind Chelsea and United? Are we ahead of them? Or, like, what's going on here? I think, as Arsenal fans, we could have a very realistic expectation of getting into the top four. And uh, it's more than just about the tactics. Like, if you look at Chelsea's squad without Eden Hazard, they're not really that good. There's no one standard player, Bar Kante, who's actually a defensive-minded player. So... I wouldn't say there's someone in the Chelsea team who really strikes fear into me when we're playing them. Uh, and even United, I know they spent on Van Bissaka, but I really don't trust Ole too much as a coach. And even as regards to some of their uh, marquee players like Pogba, Lukaku, they seem to be on the way out. So they could be in for a transition as well. And coming back to your point about better coaching, I think to some extent coaching is a bit overrated. I think it's about having the right personnel and as Arsene Wenger said, a coach should be able to just make the team play well and not tinker too much with that team. Because when you tinker too much, you can make a mistake. You can lose a game by making a wrong decision. But mm-hmm. if you just set them up well, to set a good team up well, they tend to win most of the time. And at least we, could, we can realistically aim for top four if we are set up well. And I think that some of the criticism that Emery has got last season has been a bit harsh. I know he tinkered a lot last season, sometimes more than what was required but we have to give him more time it's his first season he's coming after a manager who's been here for what like 22 years I think and we have to give we have to give Unai time because I think our fans are so impatient when he was signed they were like we'll give him two years but they want him gone right away and I think that's a bit harsh I think he has to be given this season if he does not get top four then he's gone but I think I really think we'll make top four yeah I'm hopeful for it too but you know I mean if we have to make the signings in the next month for that to become a reality because I mean I don't think we're gonna get there with the team we have now especially after losing Ramsey who made such a big difference for us in the big games I mean he he won us so many games last season and he really made the difference towards like you mentioned earlier that February to April period before he got injured and to lose him and not have a replacement yet is kind of um, disappointing I'd say and kind of scary a little bit because even without him, we don't have, you know, we've been crying out for wingers for two years now and ever since Alexis left. But, I mean, we still don't have that. And, you know, the, none of the links, like you mentioned, are very strong. So we're, you know, a little bit behind, but we have a month or so to figure it out. And, I mean, with Emery's contract, you know, it's kind of going to become a little bit of... A guessing game towards the end of the season because we don't really know if he's going to extend it, what the requirements will be for him to get extended, and we don't really know, you know, what the season will pan out to be. But I do think, like you mentioned, if Emery gets top four and maybe if he wins the Europa League, as long as he gets us back into the Champions League, I can see him signing a new contract. But if we don't make it, I mean, if, if we don't make top four, then surely Emery deserves a sack, right? Yeah, I like Unai as a, as a coach, but as harsh as it sounds, uh, when you're manager of Arsenal Football Club, 
you're accountable for results and mm-hmm. he has to go if we don't get top four obviously although i still think the fans should not get on to him too much because it's probably probably a bigger reason as to why we're not getting into the top four if we don't get into the top four that is but yeah it, it, it depends really also as to what signing we are making now if we sign a right back a good uh, sub right back for bellerin we sign a good uh, left back like kieran tierney we sign a winger like zaha and on the other side we pay someone like a nelson or evobi and we sign a good box to box as well uh, i don't know who that box to box player is who do the job ramsey is doing but hopefully we can sign we can find someone there and then you can really play 4231 and implement it very well because you have the white players you have the full backs and you have the number 10 that suits that 4231 unai wants and i think if we have the players he will stick to 4231 for a prolonged period and that will see much better results for the club i really think so mm-hmm. and you know it, it's difficult with emery because we haven't really seen him um i don't know how to, how to quite explain it but you haven't really seen him develop a team the way that he's being asked to develop Arsenal at the moment you know he's never taken a team from the ground to you know the 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 highest of highs i mean he won a few europe leagues with sevilla but that was also while they were doing poorly in la liga uh, valencia he had a good season and after that it kind of went downhill and at psg he had one decent season and one pretty pretty poor one so you know the thing is like do you think that unai emery is capable of turning this arsenal team into a contender or do you think he's kind of just like a stopgap kind of manager I think he can turn us into uh into contenders eventually if he gets the right players because I think when you look at his past managerial record it needs a bit more perspective because when you look at that Valencia squad they were pretty good but he did well he got up for the most part and he has a good reputation as well in Valencia and when go look at his time at PSG uh, he he was he wasn't been any freedom at all to do what he wanted to do started off with 2-3-1 but then the players approached the owner and he changed to a 4-3-3 which is not really what he wants to do but he has to do it because the owner is so powerful that mm-hmm. and uh, he's not too successful he's also a bit unlucky in his first season against Barcelona i think a lot of diving happened especially Neymar and Suarez yeah. <laughs> uh, diving so i think he was a bit unlucky in that season i know monaco won the league but they were a very good side as well and sometimes you have to give credit to the team that is genuinely better because that monaco team of 1670 it was they were they were fantastic all generational players all over the park so i would say they were even better than psg squad despite psg's investment so we could probably let that first season go in the second season he won uh, he won the treble but you know he lost to real madrid who won the champions league eventually so It's a bit harsh to criticize him just for not winning the Champions League or doing better in the Champions League because even Guardiola has not done anything apart from his time at Barcelona where he was bailed out by Messi on numerous occasions and not just by Messi even even by UEFA and uh, the atrocity of referees so <laughs> I don't want to deviate too much but you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah but Sash I mean at, at Sevilla you know I, I mentioned earlier he won the Europa Leagues but continuously they did poor in la liga i mean in his three seasons there they finished 5th 5th and 7th and they technically didn't qualify for the champions league through the league they just kept doing it through europa league which he kind of just fell back on and we've sort of started seeing that happen with arsenal at least last season you know he failed in the league again and he had the europa league to fall back on and this time he didn't quite get there 
So do you think maybe that's a problem or maybe that's just a coincidence? Uh, I think we shouldn't really be reading into this way too much. I think we can get a better idea after the second season at Arsenal. When you look at his three seasons at Sevilla, um, that was, I think getting top four in La Liga was always a bit hard. And Europa League, like you said, was the easy way out. So he took the easy way out. I wouldn't call it easy, but it's definitely a, probably a more safer option getting than actually competing and getting top four in La Liga. So he went for that and he was really successful at the club. So yeah achieved whatever the club wanted him to achieve and that's that's what's most important and when you look at Arsenal we were still in the running for top four like I think till the second last week or possibly even close to the last week we were still in the running for the top four and I know it was I know the teams around us as well were really shocking like I think between Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs any of those two teams could have occupied third and fourth so yeah, yeah I mean I know the teams around us were shocking as well but the fact that we were actually in a pole position to get top four at the start of April and very close to it in May when Rob Holding and Hector Bellerin, our two main defenders, were injured for the major part of the season. I think that's a positive sign and uh, we can get a much better idea at the season. So, at this moment, I don't really want to read too much into what happened uh, back at Sevilla. But he was successful in Sevilla. He achieved his objectives in Sevilla. And the fans of Sevilla love him. And if he's to go back, I'm sure they'll gladly accept him. Although, I would also like to uh, clarify that we are not a club that wants to be like Sevilla. We are Arsenal Football Club. Mm-hmm. We want to be like the best club in the world. So, so we obviously, we, we'll get better players. So, you're hoping a good coach can work with better players and achieve what we want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And speaking of better players, just to finish off this podcast, you know, we've got a lot of underachieving players and underperforming players uh, a lot of them on big contracts but you know we've got a new season coming up uh, a lot of them are gonna still be key figures in the team so which players are you looking for to improve this season so i think every player should be looking to improve in one way or another <laughs> right from burn leno the keeper, he needs to improve uh, how he uh, positions himself in the box, especially in set piece situations. You've seen him getting beaten a few times. Very good with feet, very good shot stopper. But when it comes to set pieces, especially in the Premier League, where when you're going away to uh, a team like, say, Palace, for example, you're going to get bullied a lot by some of their players and you need to be able to command the box well. I think Petr Cech was really good at this and it is something for Bern Leno to work on and continue improving. I think uh, with respect to our defence, I think Hector Bellerin, he should probably focus on getting his fitness levels back and he should just ease himself into the season. I think he's already improving, so he should just continue the way he is. Going to our defence, our centre-backs, um, I think a lot of room for improvement is there, but I don't know. I don't even know how many of these centre-backs are going to be with us at the start yeah. of next season. For example, <laughs> Mustafi, I think he's quite a misunderstood player. I don't think he's a bad defender, but he's very, very error-prone. Mm-hmm. If he cuts that error out of his game, he can actually be a decent centre-back for us. So, I think that's an area for him to work on. And uh, Koscielny, I really don't know what he can work on at this age. Yeah. But probably <laughs> being fit and uh, helping out the others in the squad. And Siad Kolasinac has to improve his defensive ability. More than his 1v1 defending his positional sense. Because I think... When Unai plays a 4-2-3-1, when Kolasinac is high up, teams will definitely look to exploit that space that he leaves. So he needs to be very, very, very careful when bombing forward. He needs to cover the space well enough to prevent um, us from getting uh, picked off. So 
I think that's an area for him to work on. Hopefully, we sign a new, a new left back like Kieran Tierney, who can start ahead of Kolasinac, who I think would be a pretty good sub left back option to have. Mm-hmm. Going to our midfield, I think Torreira, Torreira and Guendouzi. I think both of them have adapted well in their first season. I think um, now, now it's about. Uh, putting in those performances they were putting for the first three, four months more consistently. I think the physicality of the league got to them beyond a certain point. So it's up to them to continue uh, continue, continue playing the way they were for those first three months and sustain it throughout the season. And when it comes to Granit Shaka, I want him to cut that error out of his game. He's actually a very good player, a good a good passer, a good leader. He's improved a lot defensively. At times, he can be a bit careless with the ball, dwelling on the ball for a bit too long so I want him to improve in that regard because sometimes we do concede goals through a cheap giveaway in midfield and also that's partly to do with our defence people should also look at the defending that follows and not just look at Shaka but if Shaka can cut out that error it would be really good uh, for our for our club going to the players in front of him I think uh, Mesut Ozil he should probably try to adapt to Emery's system a bit better even though that's not his game I certainly think he can do a lot better than what he did last season I know he's getting old and uh, given a chance I would sell him and replace him with Fekir but we have to uh, play what we have and Ozil's definitely a player that's good enough to win us games even at this age even under Unai Emery's uh, system so I hope he really picks it up and improves or finds a way to adapt to Emery's system even though it might not be the perfect number 10 role that Unai wants I, at least if he could do a portion of that and mix it up with his own game and add real value to the team it would be really good and uh, Nikita Aryan, I really want him to be more consistent because he can go from being one of the best players in the team to absolute trash so <laughs> yeah so I, I hope he becomes consistent another player if he get an offer I would really sell him but uh, we, we really don't have much of a choice because it's not even the transfer fee that's the problem. It's the wages they are on. They're on absolutely criminal wages. Like, mm-hmm. Mickey is on 200k a week. And that was what Ramsey wanted. And our club wasn't willing to pay that, of course. I think that was a bit a bit unjust, or unjust to say the least. But um, yeah. a shift in hierarchy as well. It went from Gazidis to Raul, two different policies. So... I do understand why the club did not give Ramsey that contract, but I think we should have made exception, given it to him. Anyway, going to uh, our next position, uh, left wing Iwobi. I don't think he's a winger, first of all. I think he's done well last season, despite the abuse he gets. I think he's a very, 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 very underrated player. I think he should move more central. He could probably challenge Ozil for the number 10 role, but I don't think Unai will play him that. I think he'll continue being played out on the left and probably he could improve a bit more in the final third even though he might never in his career be a final third player mm-hmm. but I hope I hope he improves in the final third because when it comes to build up he's really good like when we're playing out from the back he holds off the ball and uh, he's able to beat his man he really protects the ball unlike any other Arsenal player and I think that's a great sign I think he takes a lot of unwarranted stick and I want to really back this player because I think he's a special player who can definitely be a good Arsenal player in the near future. So I want I want us to back him. I want him to continue working hard and um, probably develop a bit more physically and in terms of fitness because I can see him moving centrally eventually in the future. So if he gets a bit more fit, he could play more like a box-to-box role or a, even, a, even a number 10. 
Alejandro. So I think he needs more energy because he gets subbed off after 60-70 minutes. So I want him to sustain and improve his levels of fitness. Mm-hmm. Then coming to our strikers, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Uh, I think Aubameyang has had a pretty good season considering that he's been feeding off scraps predominantly. Yeah. Um, I think at times he can be a he can try to maybe assert himself a bit more on the game because for someone who was a winger back in the day, I would like him to do a bit more on the ball. Yeah. So that's probably an area he could work on. But I think maybe even being a bit more clinical at times, you know, like the Chelsea match, for example, you would have <laughs> had the game won at half time if he had not missed those sitters. So yeah. maybe work on his finishing a bit more. But it's probably not easy when you're feeding off scraps for the most part. Mm-hmm. So. I really want him to, maybe with a couple of fingers, his consistency in, in finishing will improve. Now, I know as a centre-forward, you always anticipate, but when the creation is so frugal, it can be a bit hard sometimes to anticipate, and you're not always in that 100% when you're going into the shot. So, when we're having a couple of good white players playing next season, I think he'll really thrive. And the other player is Lacazette. I think he's, he, was, he was awarded the Player of the Season award. Did he deserve it? I'm not sure. I would say up until March, maybe he did. But I think Aubameyang had a very strong end to the season. So, I think Oba edges it still. And uh, when you look at Lacazette's uh, performances, they've mostly been at home. Away from home, he's failed to score against a side that's not got relegated. So, yeah. I think that is definitely, definitely a cause for concern, which he has to rectify in the coming season. Probably assert himself more in these away games because he gets bullied off the ball way too easily. And... Uh, Given a choice, if it really came down to signing a marquee winger, if it meant parting ways with one of our two strikers, I would make the unpopular decision of selling Lacazette for the good of Arsenal. Much as I like the player and much as I think the player can really add value to our club, sometimes these decisions have to be made for the overall betterment or the overall balance of the team. So, I'm open to the idea, but... I don't see him leaving. I think he'll end up signing a new contract. So, while he's here, I'll definitely back him because he is a highly talented player who could give a lot to this club. And I hope he picks I hope he picks up from how he started, maybe say in the month of March where he was really good. I want him to put performances like that next season throughout like the, throughout the season. And I want him to try to hit like 18 to 20 goals. I think that's a good target for him to have because you're signed for 15 million sacks. Scoring 13, 14 goals not enough. You need to score something close to 20 goals a season. Yeah, I completely agree with you with everything. You know, I think despite guys like Aubameyang, Leno having good seasons, you know, they're still not at that level that we need for them to be if we're going to become a Champions League team and stuff like that. So we do really need everybody to be on their A game this year, especially if, you know, this club can't really afford to be in the Europa League for another season because, you know, financially it's just going downhill and you know they need that Champions League to at least get them back on track because if this continues you know you do really worry for the state of the club in the long term yeah yeah you're you're absolutely spot on especially considering that we are self-financed for the we're self-financed completely probably the only club in the Premier League in the last say 20 in the last 10 to 15 years that have been uh, run 0% on owners funds it's all what we generate so we really need, apart from the Adidas sponsorship deals and the new betting deals that we are striking, we also need Champions League money. I think that's the most important thing. And even about Champions League money, is the fact that we can attract the kind of profile that we need when we are in the Champions League. 
having said that though I'm really happy that uh, we're getting linked to players like Zaha and Tierney despite not being in the Champions League so that just tells you doesn't it like about how powerful our brand is even without Champions League for a for three seasons I think it's been we're still able to attract a very good profile of player and that should encourage the club definitely to try and uh, push and get the right players to get back into the Champions League because once they're back into the Champions League we can really push on from there if we can have a good transfer window this season we secure Champions League next season it's all about filling the gaps you have and ensuring that more gaps don't appear for example when you look back in the 15-16 season we lacked a striker but we did have a pretty good defence a pretty good uh, central midfield pairing but right now we do have a very good striker, but maybe we could do with uh, we could do with a couple of centre backs, for example. So what we're doing is we are filling holes, and there's more holes that are being created. So you want you ideally want to ensure that there is, there are no gaps in the team. You want every position to be strengthened, and if we could actually end up signing a winger, a couple of centre backs, including Saliba, a box to box player, a left back, it would be a fantastic transfer window. Uh, especially if the quality of the player we are looking at is of the level of Tierney, I think it's fantastic. And if we are able to push on and get Champions League for next season, we can really build on from that. Because if we get Champions League next season, the kind of profile we could be looking at is Nicolas Pepe, uh, maybe even Coutinho. I'm, I'm talking about that caliber of player, Usman Dembele. Those are the kind of players we could really be looking at if we are in Champions League. And to get there, we have to start right now. The next one month is so, so crucial for the future of the club. And I'm really, really hoping that Edu, Raul can pull it off because I think they will because the signs are pretty good. We do have a 45 million budget and uh, even after signing Martinelli, Salabat is not really affected so much. We're going to enroll for the installment option and whatever deal we're going to do. So I can see us signing some pretty good players. It's just about getting it over the line because as Arsenal fans, if you remember 15-16, we only sent better check and uh, post that we were all praying for Benzema, but he never came. He still not come, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a worry in that sense. With Arsenal, you never know, but I'm hoping that our new hierarchy can get it done. There will definitely be a lot of pressure on them to get it done from Arsenal fans. So I'm really hoping we can get this over the line and have a successful season. Yeah, and that season will start in exactly one month uh, against Newcastle. And, you know, Arsenal have a few weeks left to, to figure out some signings. But, uh, Sash, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. Anytime. And, of course, you can follow Sash at LT Arsenal. And, uh, of course, this is the Free Flow podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Free Flow Blog. And you can follow me as well at Mahith Gamars. Those will all be in the description. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. That was our Arsenal uh, transfer window and 2019-20 uh, season review. And, uh, of course, make sure you check out... Uh, LT Arsenal and all the accounts as well as uh, the website and all that but thank you guys so much for tuning in today